0: up everyone and welcome back to another episode of the Yukon Hockey Podcast. I'm your host Matthew and thank you so much for listening to today's episode. This week we have two episodes just like we did last week. In episode 21 of the Yukon Hockey Podcast, I discuss the Yukon women's hockey team's victory over Boston University in the Hockey's quarterfinals, and I preview their matchup against Vermont in the Hockey semifinals. So make sure you listen to both episodes if you can and also make sure you follow this podcast, whether it's on Twitter or Instagram at the Yukon Hockey Pod. I provide updates on the team and just my general overall thoughts on the team as well. So make sure you follow that. And then also subscribe to this podcast on Apple Podcasts and leave a rating and review and follow it on Spotify as well at the Connecticut Hockey Podcast. Doing these things helps the podcast grow, helps new UConn hockey fans find us, and I'll really appreciate it if you did those things. It means a lot to myself. Now, without further ado, here's today's episode, whichever one you're listening to, and I hope you guys enjoy it. Well, welcome back to another episode of the Yukon Hockey Podcast. We are in episode 22, the Hudson Shandor episode. I believe Justin Howell also wore 22 for Yukon, So uh, until episode 99, basically, I'll be trying to figure out any Yukon hockey player that wore that number. I feel like there's probably some numbers in like the 80s and 90s that Yukon hockey players... Didn't wear, but I'll try to figure it out as best I can. But I'm very happy to be joined by my co-host Chris. Last week I did it solo, but I feel like I do a much better job when I'm with someone. So welcome back to the podcast, and I'm excited to talk to you about the Northeastern series for a little bit.
1: Thanks, Matt. You did fine last week, though. Don't give yourself. uh, Don't be too hard on yourself.
0: Now, do you have any thoughts on just the UMass weekend? I know you were involved with it a little bit. Obviously, everyone knows what my thoughts on were on both games, but I just want to get your quick thoughts on what your what are your opinions on, on just on that series in general? Because it, even though UConn got outplayed, I felt like they had moments that they played well. And I feel like on Saturday's game, they kind of built momentum, killed some big penalties, and then found a way to win that game. Yeah,
1: I think definitely you can point to the Friday night game. You know, felt like they got outplayed uh, a little bit, which I think was disappointing because I think you were expecting it with being a big series at the— uh, you know, they'd come out fired up but um but still they they hung in there and I think the thing that you take away from it is that they're resilient particularly on that Saturday game where boy it felt like uh that that game was ready to be broke uh, broke open by UMass and Yukon hung in there and they uh they got some good breaks but um but really I just the uh, I would say the the theme of that weekend is resiliency.
0: Yeah, definitely. And it was good to get it win against a top opponent. But enough about UMass. We've talked about them enough already. So let's talk about Northeastern because it felt like the complete opposite version of the UMass series in the sense where UConn won on Saturday by only having 20 shots on net. But on Friday, they had 61 shots on net and lost the game. It just shows you how crazy a game hockey can be and how crazy college hockey can be sometimes.
1: I think so. But the thing I took away from it is, is that, you know, this is what worries you going into sort of a one and done, you know, playoff round is that uh, any team that has a really good goalie and Northeastern has a really good world-class goalie, uh goalie can steal a game for your team. Uh, even if the other team plays really well and, you know, shoots, you know, 40, 50 shots on you, uh, you know, he can steal a game for you. So that's, that's the thing that you know that would uh, you know worry me. Uh, anybody who's playing you know Northeastern or BU, uh, you know two of the top goalies I think in the country. So that you know when you have a good goalie, you stand a chance.
0: Oh yeah, and Devin Levi was outstanding on Friday night. Honestly, I feel like UConn had better chances on Saturday afternoon. The chances that they, they did have, but they still. Got, I feel like on Friday night they were more peppering Levi. I feel like on Saturday afternoon it was more just trying to get those grade A quality chances and kind of crash the net, get that dirty goal. But they still were fantastic offensively. They didn't score any goals, but I feel like they played very well. They were getting a lot of shots in the goalie, um, especially early in that third period. They were just absolutely peppering Levi, and it just felt like unfortunately sometimes just the goalie kind of stood on his head and kind of won that game for Northeastern. But I said this before in the game against Boston University because – I don't know if you remember this, um, but I think they they had a lot of good chances against BU, but unfortunately they lost that game in overtime. And I said this to him like, even though they had a really good goalie, you need to find a way to beat the really good goalies because you're going to have to face one in the playoffs at some point. And I think the lesson they can take away from this game is that even though they're playing a really good goalie and the goalie standing on his head, they have to find a way to get a goal and kind of find a way to win a game playing a good goalie and I think that there was moments that they found a way to beat Levi but hopefully there's a lesson and at least for the Friday night game that even though you can shoot 60 shots on net you got to find a way to beat a goalie like Levi
1: yeah I think that's sometimes you know I'd say easier said than done um but you certainly uh you know Saturday you know they were able to get two goals go up two nothing I think the thing at that point is is that once you you get to that kind of you 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 stake yourself you know to a goal or two goal lead against those kind of of goaltenders defensively you got to get really tough you got to shut it down because you got to limit the chances because um you know it's unlikely you're going to get a lot of pucks you know behind them it just isn't likely so yeah maybe it's a greasy goal maybe it's a you know a goal in the the you know getting something a dirty goal or something like that but um You know, it's just sometimes it's hard. I mean, just sometimes a guy's going to just steal the game and there's really not much you can do about it.
0: Yeah, it was just a frustrating weekend. But, like, all the three UConn goals that were scored were kind of greasy goals. One was off a rebound from crashing the net. Condolee crashed the net with the second goal on Saturday afternoon and then he buried his own rebound and then Shandor was kind of a similar thing kind of a lot of action going on in front of the net he found a way to get that rebound and kind of get sneak it by Levi so I feel like those are the type of goals they're going to have to get against goalies like um, Levi and I think it's just something to kind of look out for because I feel like this was a series they could use a series that they can learn a lot from heading into the playoffs um, just because you're going to have to face like, like I said a good goalie in the hockey's playoffs at some point if you want to make a deep run
1: yeah, I mean, you hope it's a learning lesson because you're right. You're going to be, you, you're not going to have an easy road to get to Boston. And so you're going to have to play somebody's pretty decent. And I think, you know, with most of that kind of stuff, when you have a goalie like that, you, you, you crash the net, you create traffic, you, you know, block his sight lines. Um, you get in front of that net and, and you make it difficult for him to see the puck. And, you know, you get pucks to the, you just got to find a way to get pucks to the net and screen him and. And, again, you know, uh, when there's a chance for a rebound, somebody's going to be there, and sometimes it's going to be ugly, but that's what you need to do.
0: Now, speaking of Levi, because we were talking about this in the game, what an interesting fellow this guy is. I've never seen a goalie have the most weirdest stretches ever, um, and then he does this weird thing in between commercial breaks where he just lays on his knees and just stares out in the crowd. I just want to point that out. I thought it was very interesting. Of just, He seems like a very interesting guy. Just, I've, And then he squirts the water bottle like five times before each period. Like, just... I've seen like Tim Thomas was a weird guy. I remember watching him play. Vomashko's had some weird quirks, but not as much from Levi. Levi is one of the quirkiest goalies I've ever seen. I don't know if you agreed with me on that
1: one. Goalies by nature are weird and, uh, it certainly was different, but all I can say is it works for him. So what, you know, Hey, whatever it works. So, uh, you know, it's, uh, certainly it's the means to him to how, how he concentrates and how he approaches the game. But, uh, um, you can't argue with the results.
0: Now, even though UConn had their moments where I thought they played very well in the we, in this weekend series, like I said, Friday night, they were finding ways to get shots in the goalie. I thought they found ways to get dirty goals against a really good goalie, which I feel like would be beneficial um, for them heading into the playoffs. But there was moments where I feel like they did not play as well as they should have. I think looking at it from Saturday afternoon's perspective is, one, is even though they got a power play goal, they had a great opportunity at the beginning of the third period. And I know we'll talk about that controversial no-go call, but they just seemed to not have a lot of urgency and they couldn't find a way to kind of bury that opportunity, which could have given them a three-goal lead or a two-goal lead, I believe, um, heading heading into the early part of the third period, which I feel like would have been very beneficial for them kind of to bury Northeastern, in my opinion.
1: Yeah, I think you wanted to see them come out with urgency. It didn't feel like it. At least it didn't feel that way to me. But I don't know. Maybe they might. They might say different. Uh, I'm sure they would say different. It just didn't feel that way to me. And I think you know when you're playing a team like Northeastern, you're not going to get a lot of opportunities. And so you got to bury those opportunities. And when you miss those opportunities, um, it it's gonna you know it's potentially going to come back and and bite you. And it kind of did.
0: Yeah, and credit to Northeastern because when they did have their opportunities, they did find ways to get goals, especially A.D. McDonough. What a weekend he had. I think he had seven points, a hat-trick on Saturday. Really stood out for me for North, from the Northeastern perspective and got some great goals. The first goal he scored on Saturday was an absolute snipe by Hanson. Hanson had no chance on that one. Then a breakaway goal, and I think he feeded a nice goal to Jack Hughes, and he just absolutely sniped it. So he was just a player that really stood out to me, and it was credit to him because he had some he also had some good plays on Friday night as well and it was just I feel like those type of plays that Northeastern had was when they just found ways to kind of beat UConn on the rush take advantage of a bad um, defensive play that UConn might have had and really Northeastern I feel like took advantage of their offensive opportunities they had and really got a lot of nice goals this weekend
1: yeah I mean McDonough I mean the guy you know top player for them and you know obviously a leader on that team and what does he do you know they're down to nothing. He rises to the occasion. You know, just an absolute laser over the shoulder, and you know, away they go. I mean, that's you just you you know you gotta love it. You know, as a hockey fan, I mean, as a UConn fan, you don't love it, but as a hockey fan, the guy you know the guy steps up, and that's what you need your leaders to do. So, um, you know, I think you know I know you said we're going to get into the the controversial goal here a little bit. I mean, I think that's the thing that that that's probably. Um, I don't want to say disappointing, but, you know, as a UConn fan, it just, it's, you know, you don't like the call, um, I don't agree with the call, but call's a call, and, uh, you know, I felt that they had moments where they were, you know, they started to show some urgency and they were playing well, um, but I think, you know, in doing that, um, I don't want to say they didn't come unglued, but I think, you know, I think there were points that they probably lost themselves a little bit, and, you know, uh, the puck went the other way, and before you know, it's in the back of your net. Now you're down three-two instead of up three-two, and um, you know now now you're now you're chasing it. You know now you're chasing it, and uh, you know you got to sort of bear down and be resilient and try to, to to get it. And I just I don't know. It felt like uh, you know it felt like once the, the once they once they got down three-two, um, it just it sort of felt like the the momentum just was going the other way, and it just didn't feel you know didn't feel good, and and so. You know the, the thing you hope is that they they learn from it you know it's an experience and that they learn from it and they take it in with them you know when they go you know start rolling here in the playoffs you know uh you know a week or so from now but um so yeah i, I you know uh just certainly appreciate the you know, as a hockey fan appreciate how mcdonough you know responded and and you know the, um, you know we'll see how it goes
0: yeah, and I will say I thought UConn, because obviously Northeastern got that equalizer in the third period to make it 2-2, two two. and then I feel like it was great shift after that goal was scored because you can see that UConn was like, we want to get this game back, we didn't, we need to win this game, and you saw that with Turnbull kind of tra- crashing the net and getting that incredible goal, and then unfortunately, after that no goal was called, it really kind of shifted the momentum towards Northeastern, but I will say, I don't know if you noticed this in the second period, I felt like Northeastern was the better team in the second period in that Saturday afternoon game, I feel like UConn kind of got sloppy at points, and eventually it kind of led to that McDonough goal. And Hanson really stood in his head in that second period. He made some great saves, especially the one against Chupani, where he went from one end to the crease to the other end of the crease and kind of gloved it and kind of stole that goal away from Northeastern. And I know a lot of people are impressed by that save he made against Boston University, that pad save. But to be honest, maybe just because I was closer than that so I can kind of see it more. But I thought that glove save was just as impressive as the one he made against BU about a month ago
1: oh it was a great save I mean you can't you know you can't argue with the say it was a great save certainly you know uh kept them in it at that moment um especially
0: since Northeastern was getting a lot of good grade A quality chances in yeah
1: that I, I just you know again I, to me it's like you got to play with urgency and you got to play a full 60 I know this sounds like a lot of you know cliches and things like that but um you know I think for UConn you can't get lost in those moments you can't you can't have moments where you you know let your foot off the gas maybe a little bit and you know, it just felt like, you know, that maybe that happened. And, um, you know, but then again, this is a learning experience for this team. I mean, this is the sort of first time this program's been sort of in this position, you know, where they had back-to-back big weekends. Um, and, you know, we'll, we'll you, know, you, you hope that they, they take something from it and, and and go, you know, when they find out who they're going to be playing, you know, they take that and use it and learn from it.
0: Yeah, and just another thought on McDonough before we kind of get to that controversial no-goal call. Um, he just made some great plays on um, Friday night as well. I kind of want to highlight it. One play that he made was the first goal that Northeastern scored where he basically just took advantage, like I said, of a bad defensive kind of... I guess neutral zone play that UConn had and gave the puck to Gunnar Wolf Fontaine and he Hanson made the initial save but unfortunately the rebound was just too good enough um, for Fontaine and buried the shot to give that to give Northeastern the one nothing lead and then McDonough made another great play for the second goal just kind of beat you kind of took advantage of a defensive breakdown that UConn had in the neutral zone and kind of found Ty Jackson in the rush and he buried that shot to make it 2 nothing Northeastern so just a player that really stood out to me I know the Canucks are probably thrilled to have him as a six-round draft pick he didn't really look like one so definitely a player that could make a big impact for that organization in the future but moving on to the controversial no goal call because like I said to you after the game it's it was a really it was a really frustrating loss, not in the sense that UConn played terribly because I thought they played well, but it really felt like after that um, no goal was called. It really shifted the momentum towards Northeastern, and it really felt like Northeastern kind of took a hold of that game um, and eventually, obviously, got the win. But the thing with the no goal call is obviously, I know there's a lot. I checked the rule book. I saw. I've seen everyone's opinions. It shouldn't have been called. It should. It, in my opinion, I think it's a good goal. For a bunch of different reasons. One, Levi initiated contact with Turnbull. I feel like if you're the goalie initiating contact, that should kind of wave off any goaltender interference. And plus... I've never seen I've watched hockey for my entire life. I don't know if you've ever seen this before. I've never seen a player with the puck get called for goaltender interference and have it be called no goal. I know the reason was because Turnbull was in his crease and made contact with Levi, therefore it's goaltender interference, but it was so ticky tack. I really just felt like it shouldn't have been called a no goal and that's just another conversation about replay in sports, but I really did not like the call at all, and I understand there's some people that disagree with me, but I feel like if Northeastern fans were kind of on the UConn fan perspective, I feel like they would have saw it differently and kind of understood where I'm coming from and where a lot of other UConn hockey fans are coming from. I just didn't agree with the call, and I really thought it shifted the momentum in the game, and Cav had every right to be mad. I don't know. It was the most mad I've ever seen him on the bench, and he had every right to be mad about that. I just thought it was a BS call in my opinion. What were your thoughts on it and how it kind of affected the game?
1: I don't know, as a hockey fan, you watch it and you tell me. I mean, it looks like a good goal, right? I mean, you know, Levi dives and, you know, obviously, you know, initiates contact with Turnbull, who, you know, gets around and scores the goal. I mean, I I don't know. I mean, you know, to me it's like you you, you know, interference is supposed to be you're preventing the goalie from making the save. He he didn't he didn't do that. And I don't know how a player with a puck does that. I'm sorry. I just you know, I look at it and and you know, I get it. I mean, the rule's a rule. But I look at that and I go, like, if, if, you know, if we're not going to allow that, I mean, we want more offense in this game, I think, right? And we want, you know, we want sort of hard work to be rewarded. And I thought, you know, Carter made a great move and worked hard to get that goal. And, um, I don't know, to call it a non-goal, it just, it's like, it, it's like, what are we doing here, you know? I mean, I don't know. I just, like I said, I look at that goal, I look at that, that play, and I go, that's a goal. If that's not a goal, then, I don't know. Then, at that point, it's like, then... Yeah, you know, we're going to go back to where nobody can be in that blue paint area. You know, you just got to stand outside it and, um, you know, don't go in it. And we just start, you know, going, going back to that again where, you know, you can't, you know, be sort of, you know, you have one little toe in the crease and it's like it's a no goal. So uh, I don't like it. I didn't like it. Um,
0: I just still don't like
1: it. Still don't like <laughs> it. And I just, uh, again, I look at that and I go, the goalie's initiating contact what that you know at that point what is the offensive player supposed to do uh i just you know hey it happens uh you know there's you know there's 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 bad calls and you're gonna have to sort of deal with them and uh you know but but boy um it's hard like no it's punch. hard it's just just hard not to sort of walk out of there and just be like, That just that sucks. Yeah.
0: The one thing I will say from the Yukon hockey perspective is they I feel like they should have handled that moment better. Even though it was a tough call, I feel like you kinda of have to shake it off and find a way and kinda of get that urgency back and find a way to get another goal. And it just felt like to me that the momentum really shifted towards northeastern way and they kind of took advantage and you could tell that uconn was kind of getting frustrated after that non-goal was called so and cav even said it in his post-game press conference that they need to be better in that situation and hopefully they can learn from it
1: yeah and i don't know i mean i thought thinking about this i'm like you know do you call time out there you know do you call time out settle your team down and say look you know it's a bad call but we got to regroup you know we're we're tied here two two um you know, let's let's focus on, you know, let's let's get back to what our plan was. I don't know. I mean, maybe a timeout there might have been a good idea because um, I sort of felt like right after that, it felt like UConn really put on, you know, like, like there was this initial push where it felt like they were, you know, upset about it and it sort of fueled them. But I, I also think that, you know, maybe, you know, in the, the effort to, you know, try to sort of get that goal back, that, that maybe they lost some focus, you know, on the defensive end. I'm not sure. I mean, I, I, I don't know. It just... Um, uh, it just, you know, certainly I, 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 it'd be hard to argue that, that getting that call, you know, not going their way, uh, takes the wind out of your sails a little bit, but again, you know, you gotta, you, you gotta be like, okay, you know, we gotta refocus here and you know, we're, we're, we're still two, two at that point, you know, so you were very much in the game at that point. And, uh, yeah,
0: you Got. It the game kinda of got
1: away from them. I think the moment got away from them a little bit. And yeah. I get it. You know, I get it. It's it's emotional. You get emotional but but you gotta you gotta focus on the you know, what's in front of you and that is, you know, let's play our game. Let's not give up you know, let's not give anything up on the you know on the defensive end and let's continue to sort of, you know, create traffic and get pucks to the net. And you know, I thought they did that a little bit, but then at some point, um, I'm not sure. It just it felt like it, it came apart there a little bit
0: and like calf said in his post game press conference I thought they played well this weekend but unfortunately this is a result driven business and they didn't get the two wins that they wanted to this weekend and it kind of affected them a little bit in the standings just because but now I think it affect
1: them a lot. Yeah, yeah. I think it affected them a lot. I think it puts them in a you know if you're just sort of looking at the standings right now I think that puts them in a much uh, puts them in a much more precarious position. I mean, you're looking at
0: they're not going to get – I will say they're not going to win the Hockey's regular season title. That's officially done. Northeastern plays Vermont when you're listening to this today, but they're probably going to win that game. So it looks like second place is probably unrealistic. So I think realistically UConn can finish between third place and like sixth place. Um, it just, And you just want to get that home ice advantage at this point. That's kind of what the goal is for this weekend, and we'll get to that in a minute. But I just didn't know if you had any other thoughts about uh, just how it affected UConn in the standings. Um, after the sweep how this sweep affected UConn kind of in the standings yeah
1: I mean I think you know it, it potentially you know depending upon how these other games go it potentially yes they may get a bye, but they may have to be the team that travels they may be the fifth place team that has to go to you know whether it's UMass Lowell Merrimack I mean North. you know depending upon where the sort of those games um you know settle out you know there's a there's a there's a real potential that, you know, yeah, UConn could finish fifth, but they're going on the road for the first game, and it's the four or five game. I mean, they're all going to be tough. I mean, I didn't want to say that, you know, that they aren't going to be tough, but, um, you know, you potentially could have been second or third and hosted a game, so, which you won't, you know. But hey, UConn's been great on the road, so maybe that works to their advantage. Who knows?
0: Yeah, who knows is right, but definitely um, interesting how the standings are working. I will say, though, just checking the other games in the hockey schedule. Northeastern plays Merrimack and UNH plays UMass Lowell, so there is a potential that teams could drop points this weekend, which I think could be a, an advantage for UConn if they get the job done this weekend against Vermont.
1: Well, you got to sweep, in my opinion. You got to sweep. You got to take all six points to keep yourself, you know, in that sort of top five. I mean, if you split, then I think you potentially fall into that six through eleven, and you got to do that play-in round, uh, which. Um,
0: Could be a benefit, I will say. Someone pointed this out to me. UConn could potentially play like a bad team in hockey and kind of get that first postseason win off their belt, which is, I know, something that has been kind of on the minds of a lot of UConn hockey fans for a little bit. So I will say there is, like, I guess if there's any benefit to them playing that game is they have the potential to potentially play an opponent that they could be at home and get that home ice, I guess get that postseason win, which I think could build positive momentum heading into the rest of the postseason because you saw that with UMass Lowell last year. They had had a very good opening round game, and I feel like that positive momentum kind of rode them all the way to the hockey's championship game.
1: Yeah, maybe, but you know, then again, uh, I'm just being positive
0: here. I know you're being positive,
1: and I um, tend to be a little bit more negative. Uh, you know, um, I just I don't know. It would have been nice, and it still could be. But you know, if they can, if they can host a host a game, I, I would just I think that would be, you know, that would be great to do. But uh, the goal is to win win one right now and and then you know see where you get so
0: well the goal right now is to focus on vermont which is what we'll be doing right now because this is a series that they have to get six points vermont has not been having a great season to say the least last weekend they got absolutely smoked by umass so it's definitely a series that they gotta get all six points in and definitely a series that they can get all six points especially since they're both games at home um let's take a look at vermont for a little bit because it's been a long time since uconn's played vermont last time uconn played vermont just to give you a little perspective, was 2019. Vermont had a different head coach. Ruslan Asakov scored two goals. I missed that guy. Just wanted to say that. But just a long time since they've played UVM. And it's, it's I think almost, almost half the team hasn't even played Vermont in their collegiate careers, which is pretty crazy to think about just because of the whole COVID season and all that kind of stuff.
1: Yeah, definitely unique how this has happened and, you know, UConn hasn't played the...
0: Three years since they played a hockey team.
1: (laughs) Very weird. Yeah, it's very weird. And, you know, that's what COVID will do. We'll make some weird things. But, uh, yeah, this will be an interesting game. I mean, certainly, you know, uh, just looking at it, it seems like UConn should win both games. You never take anything for granted. Um, You know, Vermont is a program that's rebuilding for sure. And, uh, you know, so uh, under uh, Todd Woodcroft. So I, I don't, uh, I, I, you know, I would expect UConn to win, to, to take it to them. But, you know, I just, I'm very pessimistic. So let's let's, let's, uh, let's see what happens here. And I'm just, you know, make sure you play hard.
0: Well, Vermont is currently six, has six wins this year, 23 losses and two ties. Um, if just looking at the schedule, they've lost a lot of games. So definitely a team, like I said, that UConn is capable of winning against. Let's take a look at their players to kind of look out for. So for Vermont, their their leading point getter is Philip Laganov. You might recognize that name because he used to play for UMass. He's in his fifth year. He scored that great goal in the championship game last year. But he has 16 points this year and in, in 31 games played. Their second points leader is a guy named Jacques Benoit. Um, I don't know, this just shows you how much of a sports nerd I am. That was, I think, the pitcher for the Detroit Tigers that gave up that home run against Ortiz in the um, ALCS a few years ago. His name was Jacques Benoit, I'm pretty sure. Um, but this guy's also name is Jacques Benoit. Bo- I Bo- think it's the same guy. It's definitely not the same guy, but I'm probably butchering his name a little bit too. Jacques Boquois, that's his name, but he has 14 points this year in 31 games. They have a defenseman named Andrew Lucas who has a lot of points this year. And I watched Vermont play a few times this year. He's definitely a guy that stood out to me. They also have a couple of NHL prospects to kind of look out for. Joel, Matt, or Luca Munzberger. They have a lot of tough names on this roster. He's an Oilers prospect. Timo Faye Spitzerov. He's a San Jose Sharks prospect. Um... And then Joel Mata is another name to look out for, um, just because he was on Team Finland for the World Juniors this year before it got canceled. So, just some names to look out for. Um, I don't know if you know any of these guys, probably not. But it's definitely a team that we, we I don't really watch too much, to be honest with you.
1: Well, but you've actually seen them in person this year, so you know. You I mean, you saw them play against Holy Cross. So you tell me what it, you know. What what should uh, what should I expect when I watch them?
0: Well, not they, they. obviously lost that game. They're definitely not the strongest team in hockey. East, um, it's definitely a team that UConn could, I guess, have a lot of success against, just because there are certain areas in the game that they struggle defensively. Um, but I think for UConn, you just gotta kind of give it to them, you know, kind of do, kind of do what they did against BC a few weeks ago, where they just kind of give it to them, score a lot of goals, and I think they're de- this is a team that UConn can definitely do that against, uh, because I feel like UConn has, I'm I'm confident in the players that UConn has over Vermont, in my opinion. If I had to pick anybody, so that's just my opinion. Obviously, I'm a little biased, but.
1: I hope you're right, because they need the six points.
0: Well, let's take a look at the potential starting goalies for Vermont. Now, they have two guys that have played the majority of their games. Gabe Carrier, he's played 21 games this year, and Tyler Harmon, he's played 12 games this year. Just looking at the stats, I'm assuming they're not going to start Tyler Harmon, because he has no wins this year, 11 losses, and has a 2.94 goals against average. I'm just assuming with stats alone that they're probably going to start Gabe Carrier who has six wins this year, 12 losses, and has a 2.78 goals against average. However, he has three shutouts this year. So definitely a goalie that potentially could stand on his head and potentially get um, Vermont a, a key, I guess, end-of-the-season victory this year. Definitely someone to kind of look out for. And I feel like with Vermont, they're not really scoring that many goals just looking at their schedule. So I bet you these goalies are, might be a little bit better than their stats indicate.
1: Yeah, again, I have not seen any Vermont game this year, so I don't know how well they are defensively. I mean, just we know that they're rebuilding. Uh, we look at the record, you know, so it's obviously been a very difficult season for them. Um, but, you know, like I said, you just uh, you never know, so you don't take any team for granted. And, exactly. And we'll see what
0: Vermont's definitely going to play hard. That's something I will guarantee um, They're going to play hard. They're going to try to prove something to UConn. So UConn, they, this, even though UConn on paper is the better team, they can't act like they're the better team just because if they do that, Vermont's going to take advantage of that. Yeah, I don't think that'll happen. I hope not. Yeah. I hope not either. I'm just saying just kind of my, I guess, coaching advice if any of the players are listening, which hopefully they're not because I'm a terrible coach. But So it should be an interesting weekend series. I'm excited to see Vermont play UConn. This, I think after this game, you've seen every Hockey East team in person. Am I, am I correct for you? I've seen every team, but I don't know if you
1: have. Uh, this will be the last team that I haven't seen in person. So, uh, the we'll green see. jerseys.
0: Patrick Sharp, I hope he's there. We want to see him on the bench. He wasn't on the bench the game I saw him this year, so I was disappointed in that. So I want Sharpie to get back on the bench and just because I want to see him in person.
1: Sure, <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> but that's kind of, that will be today's episode, a little kind of, um, I don't know what's what it's called little um it's a pre
1: pre pre-episode so
0: yeah preview preview episode but i'm trying to think of the word when you just jibble jabble and not um have anything productive so that's kind of what the end of this episode was but definitely a beat uvm weekend for sure the women's team plays uvm um on wednesday in the semifinals, and then the men's team plays them this weekend so uh not vermont fans we won't be having any Ben and jerry's and all that kind of stuff obviously i'm kidding but um now I'm just blabbering on now. But thank you again for listening to this podcast. Make sure you follow Austin's Instagram and Twitter at Hockey Pod just for updates on the team and just my opinions on the team as well. And make sure you follow this podcast as well on the Connecticut Hockey Podcast. Um, thank you for listening. It really means a lot to me. And um, I don't know if you have any final thoughts before the episode ends. Uh, just good night,
1: everybody, and we'll see you over the weekend.
0: Go Ice Bus. Talk to me. It's what I want the most in my life. They say you're out of my league, but I don't give a damn. No, deep down I know you want it. You wanna take a leap and jump in, oh oh oh. You wanna fall in love. You.